Welcome to the Brutal, Bizarre, and Boozy podcast. I'm Declan, the son. And I'm Jane, the mom. Enjoy a drink with us while we tell you some wild stories of the brutal and bizarre variety. Please keep in mind some of our stories might be upsetting to young or sensitive ears. This is the podcast where we talk about brutal crimes, bizarre occurrences, and get you drunk with cocktails themed around one of our stories. To lighten things up, we like to end our time with a chaser. All righty, Jane. What story do you have prepared for us today? So I am going to be telling you a bizarre story about Mount Shasta. Ooh, that's pretty close to where, where we're yes. located at. Visible quite easily from our hometown. So I've got some interesting little bizarre stories regarding Mount Shasta. And what are you going to be telling us about today, Declan? Today, I will be talking about the Hinterkaifeck murders. And this is a, a German story, so I'm definitely going to get that name wrong, including all the people that I'm talking about. But just like the Dogen tribe, I will try my best to pronounce everything correctly. Yeah. I'm sure it will be fine. Uh, accompanying my story, I have a special cocktail called the Southside. This is a, a gin-based cocktail. Another gin cocktail. Okay. Yes. I, As you know, I'm a big fan of gin. The listeners probably don't know, but you know. I like gin. I know. And now the listeners know. Yes. Gin and tequila are my go-tos. That's right. Yes. Thank you for not... Making me drink a bunch of tequila drinks so far. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I tried my best. I had another story lined up, but I just couldn't find a great drink for a it. Drink. I found some uh, weird little, like, one of those Pinterest drinks that someone made. Like, probably only ever been made by them. But uh, I decided to go with the Hinter Kai Effect Murders instead. Okay. I am ready. Okay. So this drink contains mint leaves, approximately five, one ounce lemon juice, two ounces gin, and one ounce of simple syrup. Let's give this a little taste. And how do you make this drink? Uh, just in a, a regular shaker glass with ice, you add, you muddle up the five mint leaves in the glass and then shake the uh, all the liquid ingredients in a shaker and pour it over rocks and the mint leaves. Okay. And you can also go. garnish with a sprig of mint if you'd like. But Okay, I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. Me too. <laughs> oh, did you make yours a little strong? I uh, yeah, just just like always, but Right. I feel like that mint kind of brings it back to life though like it kind of balances it out a little bit i feel the mint really covers up the gin flavor and i am yeah. not a mint fan nor a gin fan but this is a decent drink it's it's not too bad yeah i think the the mint helps with the gin because they're very similar gin is gin kind of tastes piney like mm-hmm 
juniper berries. Like, yeah, it, it just smells like our hometown. True. Yeah, juniper like berries. Like the backyard. City, so, yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I like gin a lot, and I, I like this drink. It's pretty good. Even though it has mint in it, it's not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell uh, us about the drink. Okay, so this recipe can be traced back to at least uh, 1916, where it appeared in Hugh Enslin's book, Recipe for Mixed Drinks, as a Southside Fizz. His version called for gin, lemon, and lime juices, sugar, mint, and club soda. Lose the bubbles and cut, cull out one of the citrus fruits, and you get the Southside as we know it today. Multiple accounts pegged the Southside's creation to the 21st Club in New York, a bar that poured countless Southsides throughout the decades. But considering that the first iteration of the famous Speakey Zoo wasn't open until 1922, it's more than likely that the bar pop popularized the drink rather than invented it. Now, I picked this because, as I just spoke about, the 21 Club uh, opened in 1922, and that just so happens to be when my story takes place. Okay. So today I will be talking about the Hinter Kaifek murders. While farming may seem like a relaxing way to make ends meet, this isn't the case for the Hinterkaifeck farm located near Munich, Germany. The farm consists of six residents, Andreas Gruber, Kazilia Gruber, their widowed daughter, Victoria Gruber, her children, Kazilia and Joseph, as well as the maid, Maria Baumgartner, who were all found murdered. Oh, that's not good. That is not good. No one wants to be murdered. No. For a few months before the murders, the residents at the farm had been experiencing some strange occurrences around the property. The family maid who worked at the property before Maria had quit after reportedly hearing strange sounds and footsteps coming from the attic. I don't want to hear footsteps in my attic. Yeah, ever. But when I was working my janitor job, there there was some times where I'd like I'd hear some weird stuff. I it made me stop working for like a half hour, just walking around trying to make sure no one like broke in or anything. But no, that's horrifying. Yeah, no, it, thank it, you. No, it was kind of freaky. <laughs> <laughs> a couple months later, Andreas found a newspaper which most would just look past. However, this was a newspaper that wasn't from the area, and after talking to the postman, no one else in the area was subscribed to this newspaper so it's kind of weird uh, that it just showed up at his house that is I, really weird yeah i don't i don't get newspapers and i'd kind of i'd be suspicious if one was just in my living room yeah definitely yeah. following the discovery of the newspaper a few days before the murders andreas also found fresh footprints in the snow leading from the forest to the barn we noticed the lock on the machine room in the barn was broken. On March 31st, 1922, 
Maria arrived at the farm to begin cleaning. Cazelia, the granddaughter, was playing in the barn when she was smashed on the head repeatedly with a mattock. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, for for those of you listening who don't know what a mattock is, it's very similar to a pickaxe instead of like a point at one end that has an axe. So, well, I didn't know what a mattock was, so thank you for telling me because I had no clue. <laughs> yes, basically she got her head smashed in with a pickaxe. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. Uh, her body was placed into a pile of hay in the barn. Her mother, Victoria, had noticed that she had been gone for a while and decided to go look for her daughter. After checking the whole farm, she made her way to the barn. And once inside, she was attacked with the same mattock that was used to murder her daughter. Her body was placed right next to her daughter's on the pile of hay in the barn. That's terrible. Yeah. I I just, I don't have any words. Like, no. Just one at a time, picking them off. That's terrible. Cazelia, the grandmother, so the granddaughter and the grandmother both have the same name. Okay. She was next in the family to go searching for the daughter and the granddaughter. However, sadly, she would meet the same fate as her family members did, and her body would be placed with the others. So the same magic has been used to kill three people at this point. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Both coming into the barn one at a time to go look for Kazelia and the other people that had gone looking for her. Oh, jeez. When Andreas noticed his wife, daughter, and grad- granddaughter were all missing, he decided to go have a look for himself, leaving the youngest of the house with the maid, Maria. He made his way to the barn, where he too was murdered and placed next to the dead bodies of his family. Sometime after Andreas, Victoria, and both Cazilias were slain, the killer made his way from the barn to the farmhouse, where he killed Joseph and Maria. Around 3.30 on April 4th, Lorenz Schlittenbauer sent his son Johann and his stepson Joseph to the farm to try and make contact with the family. The boys returned home to tell their father that they couldn't contact anyone. They knocked on the door. They checked the box. Like, they didn't go in any buildings. They just kind of wandered around on the property trying to make sure they could contact anyone, but no one was there. So they they returned to the farm to tell their father that they couldn't make contact with anyone so lorenz went to the farm with two of his friends to investigate they knocked on the door with no answer so they checked out the barn to see if anyone was working on something or feeding the animals uh and that's where they discovered the four bodies that were left in the barn that must have been a horrible thing to discover yeah it's just awful just walking over to your neighbor's house and then they don't answer the door so you look around back and they're all piled up in the barn. Uh, Awful. Shortly after, they also located the two bodies in the home belonging to Maria and Joseph. Lorenz knew that, that the family who lived at the Hinter Kayak family were dead, but what he didn't know is that the killer had been living on the farm for three days after the murders. Investigators found freshly cooked food and meat that had been cut from the pantry. 
and the cows had been fed recently. No one was ever charged for the murders, and the police had no solid suspects. Wow. So he lived there after he killed everybody, and he was kind enough to feed their cows? Yep. I'm guessing he split split once the kids came to investigate the... Oh, my gosh. Lauren's sons. I'm, I'm guessing once he heard them knocking and asking... He probably split because who just lives there and feeds the cows like he must have had some kind of end game in mind. Like maybe he was just going to take over the farm and say, oh, but they sold the farm to me. Yeah, maybe it's sad that they never solved it. Yeah, I mean, it it was the 1920s, so not a lot in forensic science back then. Nope. I'm guessing the cops aren't too, like, well-versed in murder investigations. Probably not. Yeah, because I I was reading some of the uh, page that I found all the information on, and they were talking about the investigation, and it said it was very hard to find suspects because so many people had come in and out and either touched the bodies or cooked food or eaten food at the house so there was destroying. a lot of like yeah destroying they, the scene they oh. fucked up all the evidence up so it's pretty hard to like narrow it down to one person but right they just never had any really solid suspects that didn't have either an alibi or like some other reason that they couldn't have been charged i wonder if the killer came back when like all of the people were there milling around and touching stuff and was like checking it out with all the other people that would be really creepy but i mean they say you know they whoever they are um that that's pretty typical for you know a lot of killers go back to admire their work yeah, and be part of the investigation or see what the police are doing or what they know, things like that. I wonder if you went back. Not that anybody would ever know, but. And like if he was living there for three days with dead bodies, I'm sure he was living there when the previous maid quit because she heard shit in the attic. Oh, like, yeah. They found that newspaper like a couple days before they were murdered. So there's a good chance like some vagrant guy or something just bust into their attic and was living up there. That's terrifying. Yeah. I. Uh, anyone listening to me right now, you better get the fuck out of my house. I live alone. <laughs> Your cat will protect you. I don't think she's protecting shit. She hides it under the bed when someone knocks at the door. I know. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All righty, Jane, what bizarre story do you have lined up for us today? So I am going to tell you about Mount Shasta, which is in Northern California. And from our hometown, you can see Mount Shasta as you're just walking down the street practically. 
Yeah, I used to play football games down there. We'd have travel games right at the That's, base of Mount Shasta. Yeah. Over by Weed, California. Weed, California. So I've got a Mount Shasta has a, a few different interesting bizarre stories around it so i'll get oh, into yeah. those i'm sure i'll be touching on some other ones at some point too i've got probably. a couple couple in my wheelhouse that i know probably so driving down interstate five in northern california a large snow-capped mountain rises in the distance a mysterious object slightly flattened and disc-shaped sits adjacent to the peak is that a ufo so I there hope are, so. Well, it might be. Hmm. It might not be. There are strange occurrences and sightings from a multitude of people over history at this unique spot known as Mount Shasta. Mount Shasta is actually a stratovolcano that stands alone in Northern California, about 60 miles south of the Oregon border. A stratovolcano, also known as the composite volcano, is a volcano built up of layers of ash and lava. Mount Shasta last erupted about 3,000 years ago, and it is monitored for its current activity. It is considered dormant, but not extinct. And earthquakes nearby had geologists worried that Mount Shasta might erupt in the near future. However, there has been no significant evidence to further that concern at this time. Molten magma runs through Mount Shasta and has caused large tubes and caves to form. Some of these caves are safe to explore as the lava is no longer within the tubes. The existence of these tunnels and tubes has aided in some of the reports of strange things associated with Mount Shasta. Legend has it that there is a hidden city known as Telos in the underground tunnels around Mount Shasta. Hmm. I, I had wanna, never heard of this before. I want to see that. Living close by, I had never heard of of most of the stories with this. But so Mount Shasta is pretty far away from the lava beds, right? Uh, I, you know, it's kind of on the other side. So lava beds is like southeast, and Shasta, I believe, is more southwest. Oh, okay, okay. From us. I heard lava tubes and I just immediately thought of the lava beds when I got right. stuck in that one. But they I mean, all that area was formed the same way with yeah. lava forming caves. So mm -hmm. uh the people that inhabit Telos are known as Lemurians. The Lemurians were originally from a mythical lost continent known as Lemuria. Depending on the source, Lemuria either existed in the Indian Ocean or the Pacific Ocean or across both. And it was destroyed during a natural catastrophe thousands of years ago. They get over here. <laughs> Good <trust>. question. <laughs> it's a lot further away from the Indian Ocean than. Well, but it's not that far from the Pacific Ocean. True. Maybe they tunnel like mole people. Maybe I I read a lot of different like ideas about the city and how they ended up, you know, but there were no specific sources that said, this is how we think the Lemurians made it to Mount Shasta. It was just like, oh, Lemuria was 
in the ocean and now they're at Mount Shasta. I don't know. Uh, you're not using the right search engine. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Google's hiding stuff from you. That could be. <laughs> uh, rumor has it that some of the Lemurians were able to survive and now their descendants are living in the caverns and tunnels and have been seen in the area walking around wearing sandals and white robes. They're described mm. as seven feet tall with long flowy hair. Damn. Basketball uh, I have, players. Maybe. <laughs> they they play for uh, the Siskiyou College in Weed, California. Yeah, fucking Mount Shasta needs an NBA team ASAP. Right. Uh, another mythical creature rumored to be living under Mount Shasta in the caves are the lizard people. And this group of individuals is described as reptilian humanoids. But no other details were really expanded on that. It was just like, oh, there's lizard people under Mount Shasta. Yeah, also, it, never seen a lizard person. Uh, I've seen many uh, like proof of lizard people videos and it just looks like CGI or Photoshop or something. Oh, <laughs> it, could be. It's like Hillary Clinton blinking her eyes like twice and in the middle it's like a, a lizard eye a lizard like eye that yeah that, that's fake but there could be lizard people i don't know i've heard some weird alien theories that i'm sure we'll touch on later right about, about lizard aliens can't remember the name of them but they've got a specific name it's not the I... nomos even though the nomos were amphibian maybe that's what they're talking about maybe i will say that not too far from Mount Shasta is one of the weed growing capitals in California. And so maybe everybody's just really high when they see all the <laughs> things that they see around Mount Shasta. I don't know. That so could the be the key <laughs> yeah. to the mystery. It could be. The last two creatures may be unknown to most people, but who hasn't heard of Bigfoot? Bigfoot is often described as large and hairy with features similar to a human. There are well-known reported sightings of Bigfoot throughout the Western U.S., including California. The terrain of Mount Shasta, such as heavily wooded and mountainous, is similar to many other areas where Bigfoot has been seen. So, of course, there are Bigfoot sightings around Mount Shasta. Also, could be the weed you were talking yes. about earlier. <laughs> yes. Do you, I mean, if you really, really thought about it, you could throw weed as an explanation for all of these bizarre sightings that I'm going to continue. I've got a couple more things. Well, maybe not the very last one, but um, Mount Shasta has also been the topic of UFO sightings. People who are less likely to believe in UFOs will cite the geography of Mount Shasta having caused unique flattened lens-shaped clouds called lenticular clouds. So a couple of years ago, somebody said, oh my gosh, I took a picture of UFO right by Mount Shasta. It was lit up and everything. It was a cloud that was lens-shaped and it just happened that the sun was lighting the cloud differently. I've seen a couple pictures and it's quite clearly like it's puffy looking like a cloud 
on the underside. So yeah, science could explain oddly shaped clouds, but science might have a harder time explaining strange lights in the sky that some people claim to see when out Mount Shasta. Several Native American tribes, including Klamath, Shasta, Modoc, and Wintu, among others, have a strong association with Mount Shasta and believe it to be a sacred location and the location of the creator. Some tribes hold special yearly ceremonies at Mount Shasta to honor the mountain and their ancestors. Mount Shasta is considered by many who are metaphysically minded to be an energy vortex or a place where the earth's energy is focused. Now I've heard of vortex about different other places. I don't know that I've ever been to one, so I don't know what people say they feel when they go to one, but Mount Shasta is rumored to be an energy vortex. And thousands of visitors every year travel to the area specifically to experience the energy vortex. Hmm. Apparently, uh, Old Fort Road has a, a energy vertex on it. That is supposedly one. Or I think Gravity go- Hill. What's it called? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you you put gold- your car in park and it like climbs up the hill. Supposedly, I don't know. I've never been there to try that. So, I mean, I've yeah. driven on that road, but I've never done the Gravity Hill part so i don't know if that's true or not but um when i'm driving on that road i'm definitely not stopped you're so not, I, I, you know try going it real fast on that road you're trying to get past it you don't want to get sucked into the energy vortex yeah i'm I'm trying yeah. to hit 88 miles an hour so i go through the energy vortex into punch out on the other side <laughs> yeah launch out in 1980s <laughs> oh Uh, There are shops in the Mount Shasta area that cater to uh, the tourists who are there specifically for the energy vortex. They offer items to purchase like crystals that could help with the spiritual journey. And they provide tours to areas that might help the visitor to reach the enlightenment they are looking for. So like if somebody really wants to experience it, I guess that there's tours that will take you to areas where it's supposed to be more concentrated and then you're supposed to be able to ask the questions that you need answered or experience the vortex differently. Not being an energy person, I I don't know. So vortex shaman. If you are looking for a place to visit with many different types of stories and legends behind it, you might want to check out Mount Shasta. But be careful to keep an eye open for lizard people or Bigfoot behind the next tree. <laughs> I like that. We're going to next time I go camping, I'm going to try and convince Carter to, to go, go down, down camping there and Sha- Mount Shasta. Yeah. Okay. Shasta Lake is at Mount Shasta, right? It's in the area. In the area. Okay. Yeah. Because he was talking about uh, houseboats down on Mount Shasta. Yeah, we've to wanted to that. do that. Dad and I have wanted to do that. We've never done that. Dad has done it. I have not. Let's do it for my next birthday then. Okay, next year. Houseboat we'll plan on it. Mount Shasta. Okay. Sweet. Sounds good. 
planning vacations on the podcast. That's right. Yeah. So Declan, what is your chaser for today? So today I have a chaser of another recommendation of something to watch. I know most of mine have been watched recommendations, but I watch a lot of movies. So (laughs) I'm on Uh, board. I just watched a movie last night called Old Boy on Netflix. It's about a guy who gets kidnapped for 20 years, held prisoner for 20 years. And he's just randomly let go. Like, he's just, he, they have like him set up in a super like complex, like metal box type thing where they can insert gas to like knock him out and like do surgery on him if he's sick or anything. So they knock him out and then they just put him in a box in a field and let him go. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so he, the only thing on his mind is just killing the people that, kidnapped him for 20 years yeah and i'm not gonna spoil the movie because it's the twist at the end is is akin to the twist at the end of sixth sense okay it's on that level it's like a level movie twist yeah where did you watch it i watched it on netflix netflix okay i'm gonna check it out it sounds really good 2013 Awesome. I've never heard of it. On our uh, movie watch list on the weekend. Maybe. Maybe that's your your you choose the movie. Maybe that's your next choice. Uh, I think it will be because okay. I I myself am very bad at watching movies. I I often miss like at least a third of the movie. So I like to rewatch movies after I watch them if I find out they're good. Just so I can like really f- pay attention and figure out the whole thing. <laughs> so, right. Watch a movie three times before I know what it's about. All the pieces that you <laughs> yeah, missed. Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. okay, mom, what is your chaser for us? My chaser today is a gift that I received from one of my clients. Ooh. So she knows that... We used to have a St. Bernard named Russo Mm -hmm. and she was at an estate sale and there was a carved ceramic Christmas ornament that is a St. Bernard. And she came in and asked me, she said, you used to have a St. Bernard, right? And I was like, yeah. And she unwraps it and she's like, I found this and I got it for you. And it was so sweet and almost made me cry because I miss that dog so much. And so now it's sitting on my desk. I have a little St. Bernard sitting on my desk. So I get to see him every day that I'm at work. It's really cute. That's kind of fucked up because (laughs) your clients give better gifts than I do. (laughs) Well, you give great gifts that meaningful before like that was just some like oh i saw this it was like two bucks but it it's right. got the sentimental if that two push bucks. behind it like well oh wow that's that's really cool it was some good it was clients really nice. 
Yes. It was, it was really thoughtful and super sweet and yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. I have another slight chaser for all the listeners. You're now listening to someone who just passed their real estate exam. Woohoo! Nice means job. I can be licensed as a real estate agent once they That's awesome pass my background chest and fingerprints. Nice. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Super proud of you. Good job. Thank you. Uh, for anyone who's trying to become a real estate agent, study, study, study for that test. It's it's a monster. Oh, brutal. Yeah, it's like a three hour test. It's not fun. Yikes. Thanks for listening and supporting our podcast. We would love for you to follow us on your favorite podcast platform. And if you want to give us a five-star rating, we would forever be grateful. You can contact us at our email via thebrutalandbizarre at gmail.com or on our Instagram at thebrutal underscore bizarre underscore boozy.